Hello everyone, welcome to Taking Turns Episode 8. I am Alex Rubens. I'm Nick Robinson. And we're here to talk about some video games. Sure. Or, or something along those lines. It doesn't have to be video or games. Just but. know that for the next hour-ish amount of time, realistically like 56 minutes, we're going to be talking into your ear holes. Yes, that's the one thing that's certain. Assuming that they listen to the whole thing, you know? Which you should. Please I mean, listen I, to the whole thing. I'd like it, but that's that doesn't mean you have to. Yeah, we just won't think of you as true fans if you don't. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't know, I'm not going to go that far. I appreciate everyone who listens... Even Unless for you a don't second, the whole thing. even no? for a second and a half, that's enough for me. Makes my day. Yeah, I mean it's nice. Uh, you know what? I felt pretty good about this week, Nick. What? Is that I didn't jinx my football team on you last week's podcast. Yeah. Someone reminded me of that on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I totally forgot about that." And I'm really happy that I don't have to uh, sulk about it on the podcast this week. Well done. So it's Mr. pretty exciting. That is exciting. Now, Nick. What? What? What you? What? what huh? What have you been doing over the last week? Fucking playing some video games. Hell Dog. yeah! What, what kind th- of games? Uh, the Majora's Mask 3DS reboot, remake. Ooh. Not reboot. That's not the right word. This is definitely a remake. That's pretty cut and dry. I know that line gets blurry sometimes, but this one's pretty straightforward. It's just like a remastered version of it, right? Well, Alex, I wouldn't say it's just a remastered version of it. But yeah, it's just a remastered version of it. Um, okay. You had me worried about my distinction there, no. that I was going to offend some longtime Zelda fans, you, which I really It's hard not about. to. If you say a word with... If you, a sentence with the word Zelda in it on the internet that is spoken publicly is... You run the risk. You will likely upset at least one Zelda fan. Uh, is this when I this say that I've really sucks. only put... Oh, good! I was just about to say I've really only played Twilight Princess, and it kind of sucked ass. Oh, man, that actually does bum me out, because you should play the good ones. Like, you should play Link Between Worlds, and you should play Wind Waker. And also, you should play The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask when it comes out next month on the Nintendo 3DS and New 3DS and 2DS and 3DS XL and New 3DS XL handhelds. Wow. Uh, I actually did go back and buy uh, A Link Between Worlds and... Ocarina of Time on the 3DS. Yeah. I nice. just have you uh, them? no because I have the old original 3DS and it's too small for my hands. And mm. when I said I think I'm gonna go get a 3DS XL, people yelled at me and were like, "Yo, idiot! A new one's coming out." Uh, right. And then I'm... I got yelled at enough that I kind of lost interest in waiting for it, and so now I need <laughs> to go get that when the new one comes out. Well, I'm Is holding that. That's it. I'm holding it in my hands. Ooh, was that that this noise? One? This is what it sounds like. It that exactly does like, sound newer. Well, I'll I'll be honest with you. That's the same sound the old one makes. Um, nope. And in that's a lot of ways, sound. it is the new machine making the old sound. <laughs> and in a lot of ways, this new machine is a lot like the old machine. Um, you know, I'd turn on my old machine and check, but uh, it's been sitting in a drawer for about... When did that thing come out? Like five, four and a half years, probably? Uh, it's been like sitting that. in a drawer. So, uh, Dude, I like that one. Dead. I like that little you like tiny the old 3DS. One? I do. I think it's too small, but I like it. Yeah. I like. There have been times I got my XL, and and there have been times where I'm like, like one time I left my house with the XL in my pocket, and I immediately, as soon as I shut the door behind me, was like, this was a mistake. This thing is not meant for human pockets. It is too big. You need like a separate bag for it. Um, 
whereas the the 3DS was an actually portable portable, which is nice. True. I I can oh. see that. I just got some big ass hands, so it's hard uh, hard for me to play on that. I feel like I'm Ooh. playing a uh, Game Boy Micro or something. Well, what if I told you that there was a okay. middle ground between Ooh. the the original tiny 3DS and the giant 3DS XL and new 3DS XL? And it's called the new 3DS, and it's got a bigger screen than the original 3DS, but is roughly the same form factor and size, and is coming to every territory except for North America. Wait, so they're not just putting out a new 3DS XL, they're putting out like a new XL and a new regular non-XL? They are in Japan, and they are in Europe, and they are in Australia, and they are everywhere that is not here. We are only getting the new XL here. Um, everywhere else in, in, on the planet, they're getting the new 3DS and the new XL. And the new XL is a lot like the old XL. Um, like hmm. it, Same interface. I guess menus are a little bit snappier. Games load a little bit quicker. Um, it's got that extra stick on it and two extra buttons. The 3D has the head tracking stuff. But it it, it looks like an, an XL. Like If you looked at it at a glance, you would think it was a, a 3DS XL. Whereas the 3DS that everyone is getting except for us with the new bigger screen also has like customizable face plates that look really really cool um and the face buttons are like really brightly colored like the japanese super famicom um wait are those not are those face plates not on the new 3ds xl no the xl just oh, has a yeah that's it just yeah has that's a whack color and a face and that's it it is whack alex you're correct especially because like I, the day that I got this new 3DS XL, I also borrowed the old, or sorry, the new 3DS. God, these names are bad. Uh, from a friend of mine who imported one from Japan, and it's it's prettier, like by a landslide. And I feel like I, I I like this new system. I really like the new stick. I think it's really helpful. The new 3D is like incredible. You still get occasional ghosting sometimes, like in when really dark areas of games, but it reliably tracks your eyes and points the 3D at your eyes, and I didn't think that was going to be possible. I thought it was not going to work at all, and it works great, which is crazy. Um, now, can I import one of those and play U.S. games on it? Check this out. No. Really? No, the 3DS is region-locked. Always? Yeah, the Vita's not. <sighs> Yo, what the hell is Nintendo doing? I don't know. I, there was an interview from like six months back where Iwata said he was reconsidering region locking as being like a good thing. So maybe. Oh really? Someday. Oh really? Yeah. He's reconsidering that in a time where we have the internet and two day shipping. He's reconsidering that in 2015 or 2014 after we've had the internet and everyone else has been non region locked forever. Yeah. Well, congratulations I mean, for your forward thinking, Mr. Awada. <laughs> well, now let me get the cool 3DS. It's in fairness, and I do sympathize with your anger because I also want the cool new 3DS. Um, most most like consoles are still region locked today, right? Am I mistaken? Um, I don't know. I don't think. So. I mean, at least the the PS3 and PS4 weren't because you could. Uh, well, so actually. I don't actually were, know about that. I know that games were not region locked because you could like get on PSN, Japanese PSN, and buy them. Well, and you could even import Japanese PSN games, and they would work in a uh, like physical games, and they would work in a US console. Oh, word. Okay, but then like I do know that the 360 was definitely region locked. Yes, it was because I got made an idiot bonehead move and bought a whole bunch of PAL games, and then was like, oh yeah, they're PAL for a reason. Is because. 
that's not how that works here. And there are like region lock cracks that people have done on the 3DS, and I I know the Wii was also region locked because I in order to get Rhythm Heaven working on it, I had to do some craziness back when it seemed like that was not going to come out here. Um, man, I'm reading a really interesting article now about PS1 and PS2 were region locked. PS3 was region free. Uh, what about the PS4 though? PS4 is not region locked. Although you can make it region locked on a per game basis if you want, but Sony discourages developers from region locking and will only relent in special cases. Huh. The 360 and the original Xbox were region locked. The Xbox One was planned to be region locked, but they reversed the policy and the final retail version was not region locked. Wow, that's so interesting. I kind of just assumed everything still was. Okay, so you're right. So everybody yeah. except Nintendo has been like, nah, that shit sucks. We're done with that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like... They're not even, like, outwardly saying that they're thinking about changing it. Someone probably just asked him in an interview, like you said, and he was like, well, you know, maybe I'll change that. Right, and then the new 3DS comes out and is totally region-locked. And another thing I though, mean, to note, though, is that, like, at, at the event, I was, like, asking Nintendo employees, so, like, what's up? Are we not getting it? And they were like, we don't really have anything to say at this time. And, and whether or not those specific people know anything about it seems pretty unlikely to me, but Nintendo's, like answer that they gave jason schreier at kotaku and that they're giving everyone is uh we thought this was the right unit for this region at this point in time um no you want to know what it is is that they know we're suckers and we're gonna buy the new 3ds xl and then six months from now they're gonna be like y'all jk we listen to the fans here's the new one and we'll buy it again i honestly would i honestly that's would. what happens in america and they know that they I mean, know you can do it well so christian nutt has a really uh he, he's a writer for gama sutra he has a really interesting post he put up recently that was kind of um it was the day that the announcement happened and it was kind of his breakdown of like what he thinks is going on, all the different factors that need to be taken into account, like shelf space and, and like, the 2DS oh, already box. existing. Yeah, I'm sure. And, like, there's a lot of different things to think about. Uh, and one other thing to think about um, is the the fact that um, it, it's totally possible that there just weren't enough units. Like, that, that the actual physical hardware, uh, they just ran out and they didn't have enough to bring new North America right now. And therefore they looked at the various regions and were like, which one could we not bring it to? And they decided on us and they maybe will bring it someday, you know? Um, but why wouldn't they just say that and be like, Hey, it's going to come out in six months. They can know their production pipeline. They would yeah. know that they would have enough clearly in six months, four months, three months. So why wouldn't they just say like, yo, this is coming out in, uh, February or whenever. Uh, and this, uh, smaller version is going to come out a couple months from now, but they're not, they're just like, yeah, we don't think you want it. And that was kind of uh, of uh, Christian's thesis in his article was he was like, I feel like this is the millionth example of them miscommunicating and, and underestimating their audience and not just saying what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is the Wii U region locked? Oh, man. I, I think so. The Wii was, um, and the Wii U is as well. As is the gamepad. Amiibos are not, though, interestingly. A lot of people have been importing Japanese Amiibos because outside of the packaging, they're completely identical. It's it's funny, though. It actually probably makes sense for them to region lock uh, the Wii U because they need people to buy up all the ones here. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, right now I'm thinking, like, I don't know... Uh, Now that I have a friend who has an old 3DS, I am starting to think, like... When that Rhythm Heaven game comes out in September, maybe I just import that, play it on his 3DS, and then I'm good. Because I played through Rhythm Heaven Fever in Japanese and had a great time, so why not? 
Oh. Yeah, you should do that. That'd be cool. Yeah, I I think that may be what I do. But yeah, that t- in the longest answer ever, um, I have been playing a lot of Majora's Mask. It's really really beautiful. I I think like I, I uploaded a video to YouTube that's like thirty minutes of footage of it, uh, and it's it's lovely looking. But I think it's it you need to go back and look at the N sixty four game to truly appreciate how uh, how beautiful it is because it's it's amazing. Now, has uh, has capturing 3DS games gotten in, gotten any easier? Did you have to do this at the event with their hardware? That's what I did. They they had hardware at the event for me to mm-hmm. capture with. I did not. I'm still looking into like how to get a good video capture board for the 3DS. I yeah. I mean, I know that they used to have like nitro boxes that would be a box that they would like bolt down somewhere, and you'd have to like use a old old fat DS. This was back with just the regular DS, and. Uh, do it that way, and so I was wondering if the 3DS had gotten any better. I thought I saw some stuff about it, but uh, it's probably not practical in the monetary sense of having to buy like a 3DS and open it up and solder stuff and hope that you don't break it. Yeah, and that's actually something that kind of stresses me out too, is like, Nintendo is not awesome at transferring licenses. I recently tried to move all my Wii ah. games over to my Wii U, and it required like a phone call in four days, and then I tried to get on the eShop with all my systems and none of them could connect and it was because i hadn't booted up the wii u gone in in wii mode and connected to the wii u eShop in order to finish the process that they never told me how to finish like it's it's a bummer i bought captain toad digitally and then i tried to bring it home with me for christmas to let my little brothers play it that's not a thing you can do unless you go through like a four-day moving process that you can only do every seven months or something random like that um so yeah like if, if i that's another thing is like if i start wanting to do 3ds capture which i really badly want to do like do i need to start getting physical cartridges for my games like do i need to because digital won't work really yeah yeah that's uh that's weird that's a bummer yeah. uh, i hope that someone comes up with a way to fix that because it's kind of lame mm. so now here's the real question i saw a lot of bundles of this new 3ds xl do you have yeah. any favorites that I should be looking into? Because the one with like the the eyeballs on it kind of didn't really appeal to me. You're the only other person I've heard say that. I fully agree. I think um, the that that Majora's Mask 3DS is not that cute, but people seem to be way way into it just because it's well, it's Majora's because it's Mask. limited. I think so, and because it's gold, and people like gold systems. But um, I don't love the way that thing looks. It's just kind of mm-hmm. tacky looking. The Monster Hunter Four one is slightly better. It's like a brushed gray steel thing. But, like, I think the two colors that the U.S. is getting is... They're called New Red and New Black. The one I have is New Black. Hmm. And it looks all right. If you look at it really closely, there's these, like... I I did, like, an unboxing video on my channel. But if you look closely, there's these hyper-thin diagonal lines on it that kind of make it look like the 3DS that the dude from Crisis would have. Okay. It's got this... What's the word for that? Like, brushed gunmetal steel carbon fiber shit also that is a great way to describe things is the blank that the guy from crisis would have yeah that tells you everything you need to know right there yeah i mean i immediately knew what you were talking about it's funny and uh it seems like there'd be a lot of crossbows yeah there you go yeah well uh that's good to know uh i actually went back and played something that you talked about last week on the show oh did you Heroes of the Storm. All right. Blizzard's attempt at a MOBA, and it is interesting. I've uh, I've played a lot of League and some Dota, 
uh, and Heroes of the Storm has... So it's weird, because in a lot of regards, it feels very, like, not Baby's First MOBA, but, like, it's really easy to get into, and it's clearly geared towards people who don't play MOBAs, but they know that Blizzard will probably make the easiest one to understand. Right. But then there's other stuff, and just that the gameplay feels... I don't know, not backwards, but, like, it feels really off sometimes. Uh, and I don't know if maybe I just couldn't get my head wrapped around it, but I played a couple games, probably four or five, uh, and just found it a little bit confusing and difficult. Um, which is actually par for the course for, like, MOBAs. That's what, it's supposed to, like, not make any sense to you until you've played, like, 200 hours of it. Right. Uh, and so I think I'll probably dive back into it again uh, this next week uh, before the show again. Uh, and maybe try it with some friends, because that tends to be where MOBAs shine the most for me. So uh, we'll have to see about that. But I just found it really interesting um, how that worked, that it seemed really backwards. But if there is one plus about that game, that game is beautiful. It is really pretty. And I, you know what I think? I, I actually wonder if maybe you're at a disadvantage as someone who... Um, who is used to League, right? Like, it's it's almost like playing with, like, an official GameCube controller for a few years, and then someone hands you, like, a crappy third-party one, and you're like, this doesn't feel right at all. Like, all the things that would instinctively work for you are uh, yeah. not working anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh... It, it's... And it, with any MOBA, when you're transitioning between two games, uh, even, like, going back and forth between League, like, there's little changes between all of them, so you need time to get used to it. So I think I probably just need a little bit more time to actually get used to what that game is mm. and what that game means. Uh, but I also went back and played another game, which means that it is now your time for the weekly Is Master Chief Collection Still Broken update. Oh yeah, our check-in. Let's get and it. And the answer is kinda. Okay, that's <laughs> not... Yes. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it was something that I was pretty surprised by, actually. Uh, it like seem to be okay for the most part which is uh not what you want to hear for whether a game is functional or not right but uh i got into games i shot dudes in some games uh we kept randomly getting into games where like one person on either team would drop out uh and occasionally there'd just be some weird stuff where it would continue to do some of the weird loading errors but other than that I didn't seem to have any real issues getting into games. Now, obviously, I didn't try this with friends, which seemed to be where a lot of the issues were in the past, right. where you'd try and hop in with a friend, and uh, it would do weird stuff. But that's because Xbox Live's friends feature is down uh, as a whole, uh, as Sorry, of the what? time of this recording. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, friends is down. Is that a... Th- I never... I didn't even know that was possible. Yep, me neither. I was like, oh, weird, my friends list isn't loading. And then in the game, it doesn't load. And then people on Twitter were like, yeah, friends is down on Xbox Live. That's the craziest Uh, sentence. Yeah, it seems really weird. Uh, And it's almost bad that I just assume my Xbox is being weird again. uh, Because, like I talked about last week, how it makes, you know, stuff just breaks all the time. Right. Uh, It did that all week again. Um, And it kind of makes me wonder if I got, like, a bunk Xbox that it, you know, can't run Netflix, uh, or watch a YouTube video or anything like that. Uh, but who knows? That's who knows? So it also crazy. takes like forever to, uh, download. If you try and download multiple things, it keeps like switching between the three things. So you're getting like 10% progress on each thing, but instead of just downloading hundred percent of one thing, hundred percent of another thing, hundred percent of another thing, 
because uh, I was trying to download both the Evolve beta and all the Saints Row stuff that comes out next week yeah. at the same time. Uh, and for three days, I couldn't do any of them because it just kept switching between them all. And it'd get to like 99% on the Evolve beta and then switch to Saints Row and then switch back to Evolve and start at 1. And I don't know what it was doing, but it was a little bit of a bummer. That's horrible. And I'm still stuck on the friends thing, too. That would be like finding out one day that, oh, yeah, sorry, controllers are down for the Xbox. You can't just use controllers anymore. No more controllers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, you can't use the internet portion of this. Uh, it just is broken Which randomly. Which is a funny thing to say. Like, all of the, all of the like, Lizard Squad stuff and all the hacking and stuff and, like, everything that happened over the past, like, 60 days in terms of PSN and Xbox Live... Imagine that happening in an environment where Microsoft's plan to make the system online only had actually gone through. <laughs> like, how much of a nightmare if literally every single Xbox One box on everyone's shelf and, like, on everyone's, in front of everyone's TV on the planet all simultaneously stopped working or after 48 yeah. hours or whatever the window was. Like, that would be crazy. And that's, like, people's TV. Like, they wouldn't be able to watch TV theoretically if that had happened. Since they'd be pumping their cable box and everything through the TV function of the Xbox One. I Yeah, I actually would be... I mean, I wonder if someone out there has done a, an exhaustive video of, like... The Xbox One, when it shipped, had the, the firmware on it as intended, right? Like, the firmware that was on the Xbox One when it shipped was the firmware that said, Hey, this system is online only. And it wasn't until you got online to update that it turned off that feature. Which is kind of a catch-22, because if you don't have consistent internet, then... How are you going to download an update that tells your Xbox that you don't need consistent internet anymore? Anyways, yeah. I would be curious, like, what specific things were locked behind internet access? Like, if you can't get online, can you not just play games? Or can you... I have to imagine the cable stuff would still work, right? Like... Who knows? Who can say? It doesn't... The stuff doesn't work now. I can't even watch Friends consistently. <laughs> you do, like, three episodes, someone sends me a message, and it hard locks and crashes. What, what like, life isn't even worth living at that point. Dude, it also, I don't know, you might be able to answer this for me. I don't know how to find friend requests on an Xbox One, because people have been saying that they're sending me friend requests, uh, and I, I don't know where to find them. They're not in messages. They're not in the little notification pane. There's not on the friends tab, and even if they were, I couldn't check. That's I don't know, man. Weird. It's. I actually. I think we've probably touched on this before, but I find the entire experience of using the menus of an Xbox One to be a, just a complete clusterfuck. Like, just the most confusing, arcane. I will press a button and a thing will happen, and I'll be like, "That's not the thing I thought was going to happen when I press that button." But all right, it's just a lot of that all the time. Yeah, or app switching between things and having it boot something back up. Yeah. Uh, it was just the last thing that was open. Accidentally, like, snapping a window to the side and then spending, like, a year and a half trying to press random buttons of to figure out how to make it go away. It's it, That's what it feels like to me, always. Yeah. It's, uh, it's real weird. I hope they get better about it. And they, they have a little, but I hope they get, like, way better. I hope it, I hope, like, the, the Windows 10 refresh somehow unfucks everything. Yeah, what if it just, like... What if it completely redesigned the Xbox One interface That'd in nice. doing that? I have to imagine that there's still going to be a bunch of big fucking squares everywhere because Windows and Windows 10 and everything, and they love that whole Metro design, but I don't know. Just bring back Blades, man. What's, what was wrong with Dude, the Blades? I actually like the Blades. Same. Uh, the Blades were really cool. It was really easy to find, every, 
find everything. I think that's uh that's as far as we should probably go into the Xbox One hate for uh for this episode. We'll sure. save some for next week. Right. Um, when we do the next installment of the week- weekly is Master Chief Collection Still Broken update. Uh, but for now, we're gonna play out the song called Samurai by Lucas. back that was samurai by lucas i assume that's how you say it. it's way cooler if it's like 
lookers. You know, like suckers, sucker free Sunday. How's it? How's it spelled? L, O O K A S. Lookers. Yeah, that's I what I'm saying. Were, it's, it's I thought it was a dude who was named Lucas, and you were just screwing it up really badly. I mean, it could be. He could have a really interesting pronunciation, but I'm gonna go with Lucas. Okay. It's more gangster. Especially with some Street Fighter sound effects in there. Now, Nick. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you did some gangster stuff. Oh, in terms nothing of but. Blowing up buildings this That's week. That's all I did. I played a little bit of a game that I have really fond memories of uh, from ye old and Xbox 360 days. Ah, the good old days. Yeah. I played a little bit of that Red Faction Guerrilla. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Did you ever play that? Oh, yeah. That game's good as fuck, dude. Yeah, did that game's know, real fun. Did you know that? Did you know that that is a good game? Yeah, yeah. I I played it a few times and like started to form the opinion that that is a good game. It's such a good game, and it's like funny because that game is pretty old. It's like predates fucking GTA Five and Sleeping Dogs and Saints Row Four and I think Saints Row Three actually. I think. Oh, by years. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure that game came out in 2007. Jeez Louise. Yeah, because uh, even uh, Armageddon came out in what like 2010. Uh, there's there's been plenty of time between the Red Faction years and the games that you just mentioned. Yeah. And and yet the gameplay and physics are still so far s- beyond what is available now. Totally. I looked it up. So it goes Saints Row, Saints Row 2, Red Faction Guerrilla, Red Faction Armageddon, Saints Row the 3rd, and then Saints Row 4. So wow. Saints Row 2 came out in 2008, Guerrilla came out in 2009. I think it was developed in parallel with Saints Row 2. It was another team. Um Oh, because they were both from Volition. Yeah, yeah, those are both Volition games. And, um, dude, like, it's crazy how, like, to me, that game feels better than almost any open world game. Like, this is a pre-GTA Five world. This is pre-Sleeping Dogs. This is pre-so many things. This is, they weren't even, they were, like, barely halfway through the Saints Row franchise when they made this game. But, like, the driving feels so fun. So, people who don't know, you're a man on Mars. You're kind of a terrorist. You're knocking down buildings, and the game has the most robust, realistic, incredible building destruction physics you will ever see in a game. You are armed with a hammer that you can swing really hard and destroy any wall of any building. You've got mines basically all the time that you're blowing up the foundation of buildings and watching them creak and like hearing them make noises. There'll be dudes shooting at you from like the third story of a building, and then you knock the whole building down and it falls down on them. At one point in the game, I knocked down a smokestack. And it fell on its side, crashed through a bridge on its way down, which killed the dude, and then actually, like, sort of formed a bridge over this huge gap. So I was able to walk through the smokestack like a tunnel <laughs> and just, like, go somewhere <laughs> else. It's, like, it's amazing. It is impossible. I really maintain that you can't play Red Faction Guerrilla without something fucking hilarious happening. And I, I did a stream of it, too, uh, recently, and, like, a lot of the comments on it are, like, I ignored this game because the cover art and the title and everything made me think it was just another third-person shooter. And it, it is a third-person shooter a little bit, and it's actually not a terrible one. It's the, I totally forgot there's a whole like cover system in that game, um, which you wouldn't expect. Like, Saints Row 2 didn't have one. I don't even know if Saints Row 3 did. Um, but there's like a whole no. pretty good cover system. The vehicles are all have these crazy Mars physics, so you're just like, you go up a small hill, and then you can end up on top of a building. Um cars just smash it feels like the way that i put it is that it feels like every element of red faction gorilla was fine-tuned to be the maximum amount of fun so like 
buildings when they collapse and land on you, it's hilarious, but it very rarely kills you because that wouldn't be that fun. When you smash your car into another person's car or into a wall, their car goes flying and that wall goes flying because that's funnier and more fun than if you stopped. Like, yeah. every little thing in that game, when you hit a dude with your hammer or even when you just melee them with your weapon, they pretty much just go flying off into the skyline. It's weird because the, the story is dead serious, but, like, the tone of the gameplay, like, I haven't played a game that is more fun and fun-loving ever in the past what is it 2009 so that game's six years old now and yeah it's still like the best it's what i like to call the just cause effect yeah where it, the story is super self-serious and and has all these you know big overarching consequences but you just want to like grapple onto things and blow stuff up and watch chaos happen you know just cause is like a really fantastic comparison in a lot of ways um like, there, there was elements of destroying buildings in Just Cause 2, but it was, like, pretty pretty basic. Um, yeah. There were, there were a couple towers you could knock down that were, like, kind of fun, like, construction cranes and stuff. But for the most part, that game's all about the movement. And it just, yeah. they share a tendency to be real, 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 real stupid. It also feels like, did you ever play uh, Mercenaries Playground of Destruction on the, it was a PS2 and original Xbox game? No, but I know the game you're talking about. Yeah, that game was one of my favorites ever. Uh, and it was a similar to... Like, similarly to Just Cause, it was just a really goofy playground of, like, you would strap some C4 to your car and drive it into a base and blow it up and hop in a helicopter and then drop a little magnet and carry some cars around. It was the best. It is... It No one has made... I don't understand why, in 2015, every single game doesn't have, like, amazing fucking building knockdown physics. It's so good. Like, I, I played the... At, uh, at E3 last year, I played the demo for, um... What's that Ubisoft thing? Like... Rainbow Six? Yeah, Rainbow Six Siege. And that game's cool, and you can kind of blow up walls and shoot through them sometimes, but it's like, compared to what's going on in Guerrilla, it's really superficial. And this is like six years and a whole platform later. Like, all I want to see now is, I think Red Faction isn't owned by Volition anymore. I think it's owned by the, who made, like, who also bought Darksiders? What are they games? Like, not Mythic. Oh, Nordic Games. Nordic, Nordic Games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I wonder if somehow Nordic and... I mean, I know Volition, after uh, Red Faction Armageddon tanked, they were kind of like, nah, we're never doing that again. Or maybe it was THQ who said that. But I love the idea of, like, a spiritual successor to Gorilla. I, I know that the engine has to still be owned by Volition. I just want to see what you could do with that tech on a modern-day thing. Because playing the Steam version, which runs in DirectX 10, they actually... Uh, Nordic updated the Steam version to remove games for Windows Live and run it on DirectX 10, so it, it plays amazingly. I just... All I can think about is, like, man, this game, with six years of technology under its belt, would be incredible. It's incredible today. It's still, like, awe-inspiring, knocking down a building and watching it land on another building and kill a bunch of dudes. But to, to do that with modern tech would be the best thing in the world. So the real reason we can't have any big physics-based games is because, was it, two years ago when the Wii U came out, the best physics-based game ever hit the market. That is Tank Tank Tank. That's not a... You would call that a physics game? I mean, you're knocking down buildings, you're driving through buildings, you're blowing them up, I guess you're, you're shooting right. dudes. Uh, tank 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 is not that bad, dude. Tank 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 is awesome. I played a... Uh, th so there's actually... In North Carolina, there's an arcade that has... This was, like, before the oh. video came out, that has, like, the arcade version of Tank, Tank, Tank. That's so cool. They had that at E3 that year. Oh, really? In, uh, yeah, in 2012, I guess. Uh, when they were first showing that game, it was in the Namco booth. They had a four-player Tank, Tank, Tank set up. 
uh, and I'm sure I went there ten times. It's so fun. It like takes a picture so of you and your friends, and then it's got the vibrating seats, and the monitors are all vertical for some reason. Yeah, for a while, my uh, I think my Twitter profile picture was me wearing the cowboy hat uh, from that game. I've got a picture of me wearing that exact cowboy hat, Alex. That makes me very happy. Dude, we should rename the show from taking turns to the digital cowboys, Nick and Alex. Yeah, a Tank Tank Tanks fan cast. Yeah, if it meant we got to play Tank 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 every week, I would probably do that. Does the Wii U game have online support? I doubt it <laughs> very much damn it nintendo i doubt it very much but like it's worth checking we have to find yeah. out it's it's not even nintendo's fault i'm really just more upset that i can't play tank to tank you know what that means though what? we got to go on a hunt and do a college tour yeah talking and playing tank 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 at every city that has one of the cabinets that you described you're only stopping in cities that have that cabinet <laughs> yeah uh yeah um, we don't need to be paid we just need you to make sure that there is at least a four-player setup of Tank, Tank, Tank. Yeah. And we'll stop and speak to your kids about the importance of life and taking risks and Tank, Tank, Tank. Because those three are the pillars of a strong, solid college community. Mm. Weird. The game is apparently now free to play by the Nintendo on, on eShop. Yeah. It says, while a retail release came first in most markets, the game was initially launched in Japan as a downloadable free-to-play game via the Nintendo eShop and got a retail release in February 2013. It's also free-to-play in Europe and North America as of May 2013. Dude, I need to buy a Wii U. Literally, I'm gonna, as soon as this is over, I'm downloading it. Uh, it also came as a whopping 45 on Metacritic, which is not that good. That's actually better than I expected, though, because most people do not understand the glory of Tank, Tank, Tank. I guess. People were talking a lot of mess about it when it was first announced, and uh, even when that game came out. But uh, I feel like you just have to be in the mood for something stupid, and that game works out really well. Here's a fun fact. Nintendo Power, in their final issue ever, gave Tank, Tank, Tank a 3.5 out of 10. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason they're gone. Yeah, oh, exactly. Namco would not... Would not let would not abide criticizing their their core franchise. Also, fun another fun fact: the camera on the tank 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 cabinet that Namco put in there to take your picture. It's called yeah. the Nam Cam. <sighs> Damn it! That's so good. Nam Cam. That okay? That's actually pretty good. Nam Cam. Have you uh, speaking of Namco arcade cabinets? Have you played Pac Man four player versus or whatever it is? No battle. What's it called? Battle Royale or something? Pac Man Battle Royale, I think, or it's something like that. Um, but no, I've never played that in person. I know that like there's a Pac Man collection on uh, on PC on Steam that's like in theory it would be amazing because it's got the original Championship Edition and Pac Man Battle Royale and a few other games. But in reality, it's like this really fucking horrible, hideous letterbox version of the game that you can't change the resolution on, and it's like 4 by 3 but then all the cabinets are widescreen, but they're smushed, and it's just like not Ugh. even worth playing. The controller support's totally broken. But no, I've never... You, there's got to be one in San Francisco, right? i got to be able to find one somewhere. Um, well, there's one on Amazon. The cabinet? The entire cabinet. How much does that, that run you? It's on sale for $5,999. There's, they even threw in free shipping. Nick, let's do a Patreon. Yep. Just to buy this. Yes, we should. We absolutely should. We're not should. promising you anything except for weekly Namco Battle Royale, Pac Man Battle Royale streams. Not even a stream. Just you'll get a picture of us posing with the cabinet once a month, and that's it. Oh my 
like, gosh, I kind of want this. There's no way I'm I'm gonna buy it, but imagine if I did. I it's really easy to imagine. Dude, it is. I I buy. I like to buy dumb stuff. This is actually, it's four hundred pounds. That is less heavy than I would imagine a full arcade cabinet so is this, that is, big would would weigh. Is the version you're talking about the like the cocktail cabinet version or the kind where like each player has their own like uh, podium? Oh, this is like the cocktail cabinet version. Yo, check this out. I'm sending you a link. There is a version called Pac-Man Man Battle Royale DX, where everyone has their own color-coded podium and is staring at like a big screen that's like a few feet away. Oh wow! Yeah. Now, how much is this? Is the real I, I'm question. I'm trying to find out right now. I tell you, it is 100 inches wide, 109 inches tall, and 82 inches thick. And it says contact us for more information. They will not list the price because they know they would scare us off. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering if you could tell me the price of a Pac-Man Battle Royale DX cabinet. No, to buy. For purchase. Uh, we don't sell the machine. How much would it cost to rent it and not bring it back? Where, where is your event? Wherever you're located is fine. I'm just curious. Well, you see, uh, we, we are in San Francisco here, California. And then um, when it's like about 40 miles away from us, okay. it's $13.50. $13.50 for a day? Yes. Okay. Okay, thank you. Additional discounts. I mean, discounts on additional days. Okay, gotcha. thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Uh, we're going to go steal this that's thing. That's not bad. $13.50. That's a, yeah. that's a bargain. Yeah. That's Dude. cheaper than it would cost on, like, Xbox Live, right? It'd probably be 15. I mean, this is cheaper than the Amazon one. I specifically asked how much would it cost for one day and then to never bring it back. And she said thirteen fifty. That's You're right. You You were in no uncertain terms there, so... We even have a recording. We have it I was on very the specific of what I asked. Your Honor, you can hear the plaintiff say right here that it would cost us thirteen fifty to take it and never give it back. I rest my case. I'll be your lawyer for this. Sweet. Sold to the two gentlemen from the Tank 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 Battlecast. Yes. Now I played another game that is very four player for Sorry, uh, did you oriented. say sold I think you're getting court confused with an auction. Nope, because... You were like, sold to the gentleman wearing the tank, tank, tank mustache and cowboy hat. Well, he was just agreeing with us, and he said, like, sold as in, you won, I don't know if I can recover from you this. You won the court case. Sold. Yeah. You have sold, I have sold you justice. He was like, you, you did say that. You did say it. We even tell... Your Honor, I present episode 8 of Taking Turns podcast, in which the plaintiff... Well, did clearly say. First of all, odds are he's heard of the episode already. We are a very popular podcast. True. Like we said last week, we're the number one podcast on iTunes. True. So it's very helpful. Uh, yeah, we we won the court case uh, in 2016. Once me and Nick get out of jail for a while, you'll be able to come to San Francisco and play 
Pac-Man four-player battle royale. Um, so you're yeah. you're you're saying that we go to court for this, and the what the officer our, our punishment is one Pac-Man battle royale deluxe cabinet and two years in prison. Yeah, get both. but so the thing is, is that they know we took it because we're talking about it. Right, right. But they can never prove it because we hit it so well. Yeah, it's just, San Francisco is a very big city, and I got plenty of room to hide arcade cabinets. Right now, it's sleeping I'm, with the fishes. I'm looking in the bay. Why would we do that? Right now, I'm looking at uh, a map of all the Dave and Buster's is in California, and apparently, okay. if I drive down to Mil- Milpitas, there is a there's a D and B there, and there's a chance that they would have Pac-Man for me. You better take that chance. It's worth it. I have to know. Uh, what? Hey, what four-player game have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a little Evolve beta. It's actually a five-player game, True. but that was the closest segue I could find. Uh, it's it's really interesting because the beta went up on Xbox. I believe it's out on PS4 and PC also. Uh, I know there's some sort of exclusivity deal, but I don't know how far it actually extends. Uh, but that game's an open beta now, hmm. which is interesting considering it's supposed to come out last fall, then they pushed it uh, after the big alpha that they did. Uh, they pushed it to February. And then they came out with this big open beta. Uh, and that game seems really unbalanced. Oh, wait. In favor of one specific side? In favor of the people hunting the monster. It seems very out of balance for the monster. Huh. Uh, in I played about five games this morning, and every single time, uh, no matter which side I was on, uh, the monster lost. Uh, in one game, we even... Most games take, you know, roughly like 15, 20 minutes, somewhere around there. 12, right. 12, whatever. Uh, and in one game, we completely defeated the monster in two minutes and 53 seconds. Holy crap. So, that's a little worrying, because what I would expect was for the monster to be very, very powerful, but then as people get better at the game with time, like they'll get better at working as a team, and then they'll start taking down the monster. But it sounds like we're this early in, and people are already kind of wrecking the monster. And I'm, I'm sure they'll tweak the balance a lot over time, right? But... I, yeah, I but know. this is happening with people in an open beta without mics either. Like, they weren't communicating, we weren't talking, we weren't doing anything. And for a game right. that seems so focused, at least in what they've talked up on, you need teamwork and you need to communicate to take down the monster, it seems very heavily favored against the monster. Hmm. So I don't really know what's up with that, Weird. but uh, it's kind of a bummer because it seems like it could be really cool if they actually fix the balancing which hopefully is you know an easy enough thing to fix um but the rest of the game actually seems pretty well thought out there's some pretty high upgrade paths uh both in gameplay and out of gameplay mm-hmm. which is really neat uh and each of the roles feels very distinct and different so uh it never feels like you're playing the exact same thing over and over again do you know if um if the the open beta is just on the Xbox One? No, I believe it's also on PS4 and PC, but I wasn't sure what the timing was. Okay, maybe like, that. for some reason I'm under the impression that like maybe Xbox One got it earlier. That's what I think it is too. Yeah. Because the, um, the uh, beta is still up right now and it is Monday currently. So mm-hmm. I would think it's not just a weekend long thing. I would think that Xbox gets like the extra weekend plus half of the week until PlayStation and PC go live. Mm. but who knows um word well that is a game that i haven't played since like the very very initial first preview event that they had in san francisco um but like i'm hearing i feel like a lot of really positive impressions come out of it i feel like out of e3 and pax 
a lot of people on the press side were like, no, yeah, I played it for a while in a dark room, and it's real good. Yeah. I played I, I think, it at both of those events, too. Yeah, I'd like to... Um, I'd like to see how it's progressed a little bit. So it's interesting because it almost feels like maybe they tweaked that a little, you know, a little extremely uh, based on my initial two gameplay sessions back at what E three and PAX uh, or the reverse order. Because um, there it felt like it was very heavily favored of the monster. If you took down the monster, you were doing the utmost communication. You were working together extremely well as a team. Uh, and so I wonder maybe if through that and through the big alpha that people found it was too far favoring the monster and uh, had to change that around, and in doing so, they just maybe tweaked it a little too far. Hmm. So it's something to think about. They still have, uh, it's not that much time. I think that game comes out February 10th, so about three weeks, uh, two and a half weeks to fix that. But uh, I think it's really cool, actually, that they are doing a beta like this close to the actual launch of the game. I feel like that's how betas used to be back, you know, back in the day, and people would be like, oh, you know, it's not an actual beta, they're not changing anything, it's just a demo. But then it feels like in the same regard, they would shut it off like a month or two before the game came out to try and get people to pre-order it, not get tired, and not, you know, get done with the game. Uh, And so it's kind of neat that they're leaving it up until basically when the game comes out. Yeah, I mean, if you put aside the the whole technical squabble over what is and isn't a beta, it, it's really cool to let people play the game right up until it's out. Like, I feel like there have been ample chances for the public to play Evolve at this point, and I feel like it kind of shows a lot of confidence in their product. Mm-hmm. Um, it also seems like the type of game that, like, I mean, this is the Left 4 Dead creators, right? Like, there's going to be no shortage of minor balance tweaks this week and next week and the week the game comes out and onward, and I'm assuming for a while, especially since they've got... What sounds like a shitload of DLC that they want to hawk. So yeah, that that was the other thing I was going to bring up is that if you pre-order the game, you unlock items in the beta, which seems super weird and kind of scummy. That's a little much. Uh, and I, I mean, it's totally fine to give people unlockable things in the beta, but like they push it really hard. Like, oh, if you want to play this character, you need to pre-order the game right now. Yeah, that's. Which, that begins to kind of belie the actual intentions of this uh, as a as a demo more than a beta. Like this is yep. That to me sounds like we have officially crossed over, and it is less than fifty percent about working out bugs and more than fifty percent about selling this game. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, and I'm actually, I think one of the reasons that people have been getting rid of demos prior to. Uh, a game's release or just not putting out long demos like maybe it's just a couple days over a weekend yeah as i think titanfall kind of opened a lot of people's eyes to you don't really need to play the full game if you've played a demo or a beta for like three weeks all the time yeah i guess you're kind of right like i I wonder because a lot of people i think shared the experience of fizzling out on titanfall and maybe i never thought about it until you said it just now but maybe that's part of why we all burned out is because we kind of had the Titanfall experience and it took so long for like DLC to come out and any new content that we were like, no, this is still good, but it's just the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like by the time the game actually came out, I was like, well, this is like the same thing I've been doing for the last three weeks and it's not any better now that it's a full game. So you kind of just lose momentum with that. Yeah. So that yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I think Evolve actually looks pretty cool and that'll be something that I guess likely We'll be playing over the next uh, next couple weeks. Maybe 
we could set up the first taking turns game night Ooh, when that like comes that, out because yeah. that'd be a really cool five player game that would allow us to get uh get a lot of people working with us and sorry you mean tank 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 Sorry, the Tank 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 Battlecast, uh, the Digital Cowboys, Nick and Alex game night. Right, that's what I with thought. With Evolve. It's a common yeah. mistake. A lot of people get those games confused. I, ju- I just forgot the, uh, you know, the name change. It's all good. It's all good. It's, we're, we're still, you, you still get a little bit of slack because we just changed it about eight minutes ago. Yeah. So, Nick, you played some games on stream that you kind of alluded to in last week's episode. How did those go? You showed off the new t- uh, Towerfall oh, and yeah, some other secret true. surprise games, correct? Yes, I did. I got to play uh, Towerfall, Dark World. We, that live stream wound up going for like two and a half hours just because it was so fun. We like kind of didn't want to stop playing it. So there's a big old chunk of uh, Towerfall, Dark World gameplay uh, up on my channel. Um, and that was super fun. And then uh, I've been doing these sort of like uh, streams that are like by, like by and for Devolver over on their YouTube channel with the, uh, the game, what's it called? Uh, Enter the Gungeon. Um, which I think is is super duper cool, but yeah, um, those both exist in archive form. If you'd like to watch either of those things happen, um, Towerfall is just so 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 exciting. Uh, and yeah, I think those streams that I'm doing with the Wolver are going to be like a regular thing. So um, those will continue to sort of be a place to show off stuff of theirs before it's out. I think the, like all the obvious Devolver games will get will make an appearance there at some point. So that's exciting. What you've been up to? Just, just living life, man. Living right. life in the fast lane, because my life's a highway, mm. and I'm gonna ride it all night long. All night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I think so. we actually got some iTunes reviews. Uh oh. Which I think are are interesting. It's worrying. Yeah, it is a little bit because then it says, since we are the number one podcast on iTunes, we now have to realize that people might actually listen to the show. Yes. The John RT and Ying Fo, and now Ying Fo actually makes a really interesting proposal for a name change. Oh, well, too bad we just found our permanent name. Well, I mean, we got to go. You know, this could still be a little like, you know, offshoot, sequelish idea, and it's Alex and Nick's excellent adventure, which we could easily brand for our you know side podcast outside of the Tank 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 Battlecast. Right. Do Alex and Nick's Tank 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 Excellent Adventure. Or Excellent Tank 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 Adventure. Yeah. There's so many possibilities here. Um, and by m- making one of the major components of our naming scheme be the same word three times in a row. Yes. Definitely doesn't help with uh, or hinder our, our reachability at all. You're saying it's good SEO. Oh, it's, it's great SEO. Especially because it's all one word with an exclamation point at the end. Yes. I think there's uh, and three if, exclamation points. In oh, man. So. Oh, is it tank, exclamation point, tank, yeah. exclamation point? It's three sentences long, which is great. Hmm. Yeah, that's a little bit worrisome. Our, our SEO might have just tanked. Uh, you know what I mean? On that note. You can find me on Twitter, at Alex Rubens. Yeah. You can find Nick on Twitter and YouTube, at Babylonian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can listen to us every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on multiplayer, on Dash Radio. It's pretty sweet. There's iPhone, Android apps. You can listen on the web. We got a ton. We're one of a ton of cool shows on there. Dave, Mother F and Lang mm-hmm. has a show on there as well called uh, Team G- GFB Radio. Yo, did, did you see that prom picture of him? It's a good picture. 
that's our album art for this week's episode <laughs> of Taking Turns. And every episode hereafter. Yeah. Uh, sorry, but we have new art. Uh, and so if you want to go on iTunes uh, or SoundCloud or wherever, you can find us there. Leave us a review on iTunes. It actually helps more people see us. So uh, we're going to start uh, looking for that, and we can say names on the show. We can say names. Pretty sweet. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's it for this week. I think so. You know what? Uh. Y'all can tune in next week for episode two of the Tank 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 Excellent Adventure Battlecast okay. with Nick and Alex, the digital Tank 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 Cowboys. I'm That's really the full title right there. I'm surprised that you're resetting the number. So you're saying that Taking Turns is actually ending, but we're starting a new podcast. Yeah, same, same Taking time, Turns same. ended last episode. Because this is the first episode <laughs> of Nick's, Nick and Alex's Tank 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 Excellent Battlecast Adventure, The Digital Cowboys. Can't wait to see how you title this one on iTunes. That's going to be a treat. Yep. So uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.